الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحج أشهر معلومات فمن فرض فيهن الحج فلا رفث ولا فسوق ولا جدال في الحج وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم الحج المبرور ليس له جزاء إلا الجنة أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم موسس بطر الله الكرام brothers and elders we are in this mubarak time the month of hajj and this is one of the pillars of islam hajj is an opportunity that a person gets only once in a lifetime somebody might think that they have made many hajj indeed a person may have the opportunity to perform hajj many times but the farz hajj the compulsory hajj that a person never gets a second chance the first hajj that he made that fulfills the obligation of hajj that was on him and then no matter how many hajj he makes thereafter he makes 50 100 it'll all be nafil very great very great reward very great benefits but that farz hajj that a person performs that's the first and the last opportunity to ever perform hajj and therefore this is the need that a person going for hajj should take every care that he learns about hajj in every regard in terms of the masail of hajj in terms of the spirituality of hajj what will truly make that hajj a hajj what will make it such a hajj which the ulama ikram explain that a person can for himself judge whether that hajj was accepted or not and the yardstick for that accept, acceptance is that the person's life after hajj has changed dramatically for the better the life that he led before hajj and the life that he is now leading after hajj there will be a marked difference between the two he will be a better person in every sense of the word so this is such a great ibadat such a great pillar of islam rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam also performed hajj once in his life after nubuwwat nabi sallallahu alaihi performed hajj once and this hajj was performed right at the end of his time on earth and the completion of his mission it was barely 81 days from the day of arafah that nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam spent in arafah barely 81 days thereafter that nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam left this dunya so we can see what a time this was right towards the end of his nubuwwat on earth his nubuwwat meaning the mission that allah taala sent him with on earth and on this occasion this hajjatul wada as it is known as the farewell pilgrimage nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam addressed the sahaba ikram on many occasions in mina in arafat several times nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam addressed the sahaba ikram and gave them many messages many lessons it is obvious that the 23 years of nubuwwat all the lessons and all the things that nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam taught everything could not be repeated here because the time was very short and there was this 
audience of more than a hundred thousand sahaba present. And this is the last time that Nabi Islam is going to meet this entire gathering in this manner. He had already made the indications before that already. Perhaps I might not see you after this year. So the indications were already there. And now in this time that was available during this Hajjatul Wada, the highlights of deen and the summary of deen had to be presented. So everything that was mentioned on these occasions, in these khutbat, in these sermons that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi delivered, every word is worth inscribing in gold, and everything is worth inscribing deep down into our hearts, and bringing into our lives. So in this little time that we have, inshallah, some of these lessons, some of these messages that Rasulullah gave during the occasion of Hajjatul Wada in the various khutbat, so that we understand what he left us with. Among the khutbahs, Hazrat Abdullah ibn Abbas narrates that Anna Rasulullah nahr. It was the 10th of Zul Hijjah, Nahr. So it was in Mina. Nabi Islam addressed the Sahaba Ikram. And he asked them first a question. He asked them, Ayyu yawmin hada? What day is this? So they replied, Yawmun haram. It's a very sacred day. It's the day of Zul Hijjah, Yawmun Nahr. It's the 10th of Zul Hijjah, Yawmun Nahr. Nabi Islam asked, Ayyu shahrin hada? Okay, we got this, that the day is very sacred. What month is this? The month is also very sacred. Among the months of the year, four months enjoy special sanctity. In the time, and even now, any kind of warfare, etc. is not permissible in this month. So it's a very sacred month. Ayyub baladin hada. Which place is this? It's a sacred place also. After having highlighted this, that we are in a very sacred place, in a sacred month, in a sacred time, so there are three sanctities combined. And now in this time and in this place, if a person does something wrong, it becomes even more wrong. Like one is a person, for example, Allah forbid, he's committing some sin, he's doing it in his house. It's terrible, it's a sin, but he does the same sin in the house of Allah Ta'ala. He comes in a masjid and does it. How much more severe it becomes. And then if it is Masjidul Haram in Makkah Mukarramah, he's standing in front of the Kaaba Sharif. And then if it's the month of Ramadan, and on top of that it's the 27th night, and he's standing in front of the Kaaba Sharif, and he's swearing at somebody. Can we imagine, is it something conceivable? Is it something anybody can ever think about? This is now gone beyond any limits. The person with the slightest amount of Iman also will be disgusted. This person here in this time, in front of the Kaaba Sharif, and he's using this vulgarity, this vulgar languages, just not imaginable. Nabi Wasallam is giving the same message. That look, one is something that is sanctified in itself, but when there is so much sanctity in it that it is combined, sanctity upon sanctity. After having brought this deep down in the hearts, that look, we are talking about something very serious. Then Nabi Islam says to them, إِنَّ دِمَاءَكُمْ وَأَمْوَالَكُمْ وَأَعْرَادَكُمْ حَرَامٌ عَلَيْكُمْ كَحُرْمَةِ يَوْمِكُمْ هَذَا فِي بَلَدِكُمْ هَذَا 
في شهركم هذا listen carefully now keep in mind that this is hajjatul wada nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam is addressing this entire group of sahaba ikram more than 100000 present and this is going to be the message to the ummah that they are going to carry and nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam is highlighting what is he highlighting he saying listen very carefully that your lives your wealth your honor alaykum haramun it is sacred upon everyone each one's life wealth and honor is sacred upon everybody else ka hurmati yawmikum hadha fi baladikum hadha fi shahrikum hadha like the sanctity of this day in this month in this place these three sanctities combined who can imagine how great this is nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam the sanctity of each person's life wealth and honor is equal to the sanctity of these three things combined and this is something that nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam repeatedly emphasized throughout his time and in very very deep ways once nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam was making tawaf of the kaaba sharif something to listen to very carefully nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam making tawaf of the kaaba sharif and while making tawaf of the kaaba sharif he addresses the kaaba sharif and he addresses the kaaba sharif as ma atyabak ma atyaba rihak how wonderful you are how wonderful is your fragrance ma azamak ma azama hurmatak how great you are how great is your sanctity can we imagine the sanctity of the kaaba sharif the sanctity of the kaaba sharif Nabi Islam then addresses the Kaaba Sharif and says فَوَالَّذِي نَفْسُ مُحَمَّدٍ بِيَدِهِ لَحُرْمَةُ الْمُؤْمِنِ عِنَّ اللَّهِ أَعْظَمُ حُرْمَةً مِّنْكِ That the sanctity of a mu'min is greater in the sight of Allah Ta'ala than your sanctity. The Kaaba Sharif, Nabi Islam is saying the sanctity of a mu'min in the sight of Allah Ta'ala is greater than your sanctity. But what is the sanctity left of a mu'min? That everything is fair play. Whether somebody is guilty of something or not, then his reputation can just be shredded. Doesn't matter. Whether a person is responsible for something or not, doesn't matter. Whatever comes in our womb, our fancy, our desire, it's a poor person. We can just trample him as we want. It's some person that now is desperate for something. We can treat him as we want. It's an employee that just has to cling on to that job because he's got nothing. as that he can do so it doesn't matter how we exploit him and how we treat him this is all something that will allah forbid become a great problem for us on the day of qiyamah and this is something nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam repeatedly emphasized in one hadith in one on one of the occasions of hajjatul wada nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam addressed the sahaba again and this is something to really take note of that how many times in the hajjatul wada especially and on other occasions as well nabi islam highlighted the aspect of people's lives the sanctity of their lives their honor and their wealth nabi islam addresses the sahaba and again he first emphasizes it ala la tazlamu ala la tazlamu and for the third time nabi islam says ala la tazlamu beware don't ever commit oppression don't ever commit oppression now oppression is a very broad aspect oppression can happen in anything 
But Nabi Islam is talking on this occasion about a specific operation. La yahillu malum ri'im muslimin illa bitibi nafsin min. Nabi Islam says nobody's wealth is permissible for anybody else to take except if he's parting with it wholeheartedly. He's parting with it happily. Otherwise, if it is being extorted out of him, then sometimes it might technically be permissible, meaning it might be halal technically sometimes, because there was a valid transaction. But if it was extorted in a sense, the person was put under pressure, he's in a desperate situation, he's trying to get some cash in, so he's selling off something, something essential, he's getting rid of something that he has to have in any case, but he can't now make any choice. And now somebody takes advantage of that situation. They know the person's desperation. So now they cut him down to squeeze him even further. Now, the person finally might give in, but with a very grudging heart. One is it's fair price. It's a different thing. What is normally the limits within which some negotiation is acceptable? But now the person is squeezing him to the last drop. The beast Lassum says, that even if this might be technically valid, it will be devoid of any barakat. And if it crosses the line of haral, then this is zulm. This is complete oppression. And this zulm, a zulmu zulumatun yawm al-qiyamah. This zulm will be a darkness on the day of qiyamah. A person in the darkness, Allah forbid, will fall off the pulsirat, fall off the bridge over jahannam, and into jahannam. This kind of extortion, taking out things from people, sometimes it happens in a very, very blatant way. Sometimes it happens in a very subtle way also. But the societal pressures put people under great amount of pressure to now part with something. A person is invited to some kind of bridal shower, some baby shower, they call these all these fancy names. These are all fancy ways of extorting money and extorting gifts out of people. Now the person who has to come for that one is he decides not, that person decides not to attend. So then too there's a chance that she's going to be labeled as a very stingy, miserly person. Because she didn't want to come with a gift. And day she come without a gift. Generally only women are invited. Because they are the ones that can be extorted easily. And day she come without a gift, that will be the talk of the town. That this conjuice came. So she has to come and she has to come with a gift. This is a fancy way of begging and extorting something from somebody else. So this, all the subtle ways of extorting things out of people, all this falls under the same aspect that the Nabi Salaam mentioned. لَا يَحِلُّ مَالُ مْرِئِمْ مُسْلِمٍ إِلَّا بِطِيبِ نَفْسٍ مِّنْ The person's wealth is not permissible except he's parting with it wholeheartedly. It mustn't be any direct pressure, any subtle pressure of any sort. A person must be happy to give something, otherwise he doesn't give anything, it's up to him. Then, on one occasion, Nabi Salaam addressed the Sahaba again, among the occasion of Hajjatul Wada. On this aspect of zulm, one incident before we move on, that this zulm is a very serious thing. Many a times it's taken for granted, we oppress somebody, that employee was made to work overtime and he wasn't paid for that overtime too because well, you want to keep your job, you work. And then he's cheated in a way that is very degrading, debasing, he's sworn at, reviled, and he's taken as well, this is part of work. Once Amr ibn Dinar, rahimahullah, great muhaddis, his narrations of hadith are filled in the books of hadith. He narrates that a person among the Bani Israel was walking on the shore and he hears one person shouting. He says, anybody who wants to commit oppression, use me as a lesson first. 
person is shouting himself, anybody intends committing oppression, please take me as a lesson. So he came up to him, asked him, what's your problem? What's the story? He says, look, I was a policeman. And one day I was patrolling on this very same shore. And at that time, one fisherman caught one fish. And as he pulled it out and the fish came, so I told him, give it to me. So he says, no, I can't give you this fish. Okay, sell it to me. He says, no, I'm not going to sell it to you. He needed it for his own home. So when he refused to sell it also, he says, I took my whoop and I whooped him hard on his head. And I grabbed and snatched that fish out of his hand. And I walked away with it. I had just come out of the water, to still alive. As I was walking, suddenly this fish bit onto my thumb. And it wouldn't let go. I came home. After much difficulty, family, etc., with their help, managed to get this off my thumb. But the wound was quite deep. After a while, my thumb started swelling, severe pain. I came to a doctor and he says to me that, look, there's only one option here is we're going to have to amputate this thumb. If you don't amputate this thumb, it's going to affect everything else. So eventually, I had no choice but to give in, amputated the thumb. Some days later, I see my palm is now swelling and affected. So I came back. Doctor says, look, the palm already was infected. We have to amputate this palm also now. It's not going to work any other way. So I amputated the palm. Some days later, the forearm now suddenly the same problem. He comes to amputate the forearm. After a while, then the upper arm. Now when he comes to the upper arm, he says, look, this is the only option. If you want to now save this, save the rest of your body, you're going to have to amputate the other upper arm. Finally, they amputated the upper arm. He says, at that time, when I came out of that procedure, I ran out into the street like a madman, shouting and not sure, what, not knowing what I'm doing. Eventually, I came and sat under one tree and fell asleep. And in a dream, I'm being told by somebody, how, long, how many more limbs are you going to get cut off? Go and seek the forgiveness of the person you oppressed. And you'll get relieved of this. When I woke up, I woke up with a shock. So I came back to the same shore thinking, hopefully I'll find this person again. And after some time, I found him. He was still busy bringing out his net. I came to him and said to him, please forgive me. He couldn't even remember who I was because it was such a brief encounter. I explained to him, I'm the person who snatched the fish away from you. Please forgive me. This is one bit after the other getting chopped off. He says, look, I've forgiven you. No problem, I've forgiven you. But then he, Allah Ta'ala had put so much of mercy in his heart. He says, look, this is not justice. You took my one fish away, your whole hand went away. I can't just allow this to happen. You come along with me. The person who was oppressed, he takes him home. And then he opens up a chest. He takes out 10,000 dirhams. He says, this you keep for yourself, you spend on yourself. Takes out another 10,000 dirhams. He says, this you spend on your poor neighbors and relatives. He says, okay, you go. Person said, wait, before I go, I want to ask you one question. Tell me, how did you curse me on that day? That day when I whooped you and snatched your fish, what curse came out from you? So you see that that moment in the desperation, what came from my tongue was, Ya Allah, you created him, you created both of us. You created him strong, you created me weak. And I don't have that strength to be able to defend myself against his oppression. So Ya Allah, now I leave him to you. So that curse that comes and cursing is a very, very serious thing. A person should never bring a curse on his tongue. Sometimes people curse their own belongings, they curse their own possessions, they curse their own children in the foot of anger. And Allah forbid that curse falls, they are the ones that suffer most after it. So the lesson in this was, Nabi Wasallam three times emphasized, Allah, la tazlamu, Allah, la tazlamu, don't commit oppression. It's something for a person to each person to look deep down within himself 
Am I oppressing anybody? Am I guilty of this zulm? And many a times, unfortunately, this zulm is perpetrated on the weakest. And more often than not on the closest. Allah forbid. And therefore, on another occasion, Nabi Islam addressed the Sahaba again on Hajjatul Wada. And he said, Fattakullah fin nisa. Fear Allah wa ta'ala with regards to your wives. Can you imagine again, this is Hajjatul Wada. Time is very limited. And there's so much to say. And can only be the most important things that are going to be highlighted. Because the time is very limited. And there is not going to be another opportunity. Nabi Islam is highlighting the most important aspects. Fattakullah fin nisa. Fear Allah Ta'ala regarding your woman and regarding your wives. فَإِنَّكُمْ أَخَسْتُمُوهُنَّ بِأَمَانِ اللَّهِ وَاسْتَحْلَلْتُمْ فُرُودَهُنَّ بِكَلِمَةِ اللَّهِ You have taken them as an amanat from Allah Ta'ala. Does a person have this consciousness of amanat in this situation? That this is amanat. Nabi Islam says, you have made them halal with the word of Allah Ta'ala. Beware of how you treat them. Allah Ta'ala will take you to task for this. So on this occasion, Nabi Islam highlighted this as well. That how does a person treat his wife? That everybody else's pressure, does it come out on her? Is she not the servant of Allah Ta'ala also? Has Allah Ta'ala not interceded on her behalf in the Quran Sharif? That Allah Ta'ala intercedes on them. That, that treat them kindly. Who is calling on, that, on their behalf? Who is asking on their behalf and interceding? Allah Ta'ala is interceding on behalf of his servants. وَعَاشِرُوهُنَّ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ Treat them kindly. فَإِن كَرِهْتُمُوهُنْ فَعَسَىٰ أَن تَكْرَهُ شَيْئًا وَيَدْعَلَ اللَّهُ فِي خَيْرًا كَثِيرًا Maybe you dislike some traits about them. Allah Ta'ala might have put good for you in that very same thing. Then together with this, Nabi Wasallam addressed the Sahaba again and then brought about a very important aspect. He said, وَرِبَلْ جَاهِلِيَّةِ كُلُّهَا مَوْدُوعَةٌ Look, in the times of Jahiliyyat, many people were involved in lending money on interest and some of that money is still owed to people. Some of that money from the times of Jahiliyyat is still owed. Now many have been coming into Islam recently. Listen everybody carefully. Whatever has happened before this day, every bit of interest has been abolished and cancelled. Nobody can dare take one cent of that interest back. And the first interest that I'm totally abolishing is the interest of my uncle Abbas. Not only the interest to set an example, I have abolished everything and cancelled everything, even the capital amount that he lent people, even that too is cancelled. He's my uncle. I can talk on his behalf. So his capital also is cancelled. But anybody else lent money on interest, beware, don't ever take one cent beyond what you have given. Beyond your capital, don't take one cent more. This growth, you might see a growth outwardly, this growth is no different to the growth of a tumor. Person suffers a brain tumor, they say it's a growth. There's a growth in his brain. There's a growth elsewhere in his body. Nobody is happy about that growth. That's a very terrible growth. You will pay that. And if he can't afford it, he will borrow to pay the surgeon, please remove this growth. Interest is no different to the growth of a tumor, worse than that. It is that growth which Allah Ta'ala says, Yamhaqullahu riba. Allah Ta'ala uproots this riba, meaning in time it will uproot everything. And the ill effects of riba in interest are so severe. We have just spoken about curse, and how terrible it is to curse anybody. 
involvement in riba draws the curse of Allah Ta'ala. On the Mubarak tongue of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, لَعَنَ akila riba wa mukilahu wa katibahu wa shahidayhi wa kama qala nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that the curse of Allah Ta'ala is upon the one who takes interest. Upon the one who gives interest. The one who it's so despised. The one who merely recorded the transaction. The person who witnessed the transaction. All are cursed by Allah Ta'ala. We fear the curse of some person, some, some, the parents curse, some pious person's curse. Can we imagine the curse of Allah Ta'ala? Then when this curse falls, Allah forbid, it's not always that it will come on the person's financial situation. Sometimes that curse might come in a way where that financial situation might become beyond his, beyond what he can count. But he'll bring such turmoil in his life that he'll wish he never had any of it. Allah Ta'ala save us and protect us. Allah Ta'ala keep us in afiyat at all times. Then on one occasion, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam sahaba again and said to them, أُخْبِرُكُمْ مَنِ Muslim." MashaAllah, all of us are Muslims. All of us have Iman and Islam. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam I will tell you who's a Muslim. You want to know who's a Muslim? Then listen from me. That who deserves this title? Al-Muslimu man salim man saliman nasul lisanahu wa yadah. The riwayat of Majma'u Zawaid, this is the wording. A Muslim is that person who others, everybody, is safe from the harm of his tongue and hand. Then he can call himself a Muslim. Otherwise he must re-look within himself. That does he deserve this title? Or is Islam is so deficient? It doesn't mean that he's devoid of Islam and Iman, but it's so deficient that Nabi Islam says, I don't want to give him the title. The Muslim is who others are safe from the harm of his tongue. That just blurting anything, saying things that are totally hurtful, breaking people's hearts, without any need, just saying anything and everything, vulgar languages, and with his hand meaning any deed, any word or deed. Well, mu'min, man aminahun nasu ala amwalihim wa anfusihim. A mu'min, a mu'min is that person who others are safe with regard to their lives and wealth from him. He doesn't harm their lives in any way, doesn't harm their wealth in any way. And then on one of the last occasions of the khutbah that Nabi Islam gave, among the things he mentioned that Allah halba lagt, he asked the Sahaba, have I conveyed the message of Allah Ta'ala? When they all acknowledge indeed you have conveyed, Nabi Islam said, ghaib. That those who are present should convey this message to those who are not here. And this was something in his entire life, Nabi Islam, on various occasions. After many gatherings, this would be the line that Nabi Islam would finish upon. Those who are present, convey this message to those who are not here. That just as it is our duty, our responsibility to improve our iman, to improve our deen, to become better Muslims ourselves, to put ourselves on the line of Jannat, on the path of Jannat, we have a duty towards our families also. We have a duty towards our neighbors and relatives. We have a duty towards every Muslim. That to the extent we can, we make an effort to improve our iman and the iman of one and all. This is the lesson Nabi Islam gave us on these occasions. Allah tabarak wa ta'ala give us a tawfiq of bringing all these lessons into our lives and living these lessons. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillah.